0: old indian legends by zitkala shah section 13 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org old indian legends manston the rabbit manston "'was an adventurous brave, but very kind-hearted. "'Stamping a moccasined foot as he drew on his buckskin leggings, "'he said, "'Grandmother, beware of Ictomai. "'Do not let him lure you into some cunning trap. "'I am going to the north country on a long hunt.' "'With these words of caution to the bent old rabbit grandmother,' with whom he had lived since he was a tiny babe, Manston started off toward the north. He was scarce over the great high hills when he heard the shrieking of a human child. "'Juan!' he ejaculated, pointing his long ears toward the direction of the sound. "'Juan! That is the work of cruel double-face!' "'Shameless coward!' He delights in torturing helpless creatures. Muttering indistinct words, Manston ran up the last hill and lo, in the ravine beyond stood the terrible monster with a face in front and one in the back of his head. This brown giant was without clothes save for a wild catskin about his loins. With a wicked gleaming eye, he watched the little black-haired boy he held in his strong arm. In a laughing voice, he hummed an Indian mother's lullaby—A-boo, a-boo—and at the same time, he switched the naked baby with a thorny wild rose-bush. Quickly. Manston jumped behind a large sage-bush on the brow of the hill. He bent his bow, and the sinewy string twanged. Now an arrow struck above the ear of Doubleface. It was a poisoned arrow, and the giant fell dead. Then Manston took the little brown baby and hurried away from the ravine. Soon he came to a teepee, from whence loud wailing voices broke it was the tepee of the stolen baby and the mourners were its heartbroken parents when gallant manston returned the child to the eager arms of the mother there came a sudden terror into the eyes of both the dakotas they feared least it was double face in a new guise to torture them The rabbit understood their fear and said, I am Manston, the kind-hearted Manston, the noted huntsman. I am your friend, do not fear. That night a strange thing happened. While the father and mother slept, Manston took the wee baby. With his feet placed gently yet firmly, Upon the tiny toes of the little child, he drew upward, by each small hand, the sleeping child, till he was a full-grown man. With a forefinger, he traced a slit in the upper lip, and, when on the morrow, the man and woman awoke, they could not distinguish their own son from Manston, so much alike, were the braves. Henceforth we are friends, to help each other," said Manston, shaking a right hand, in farewell. The earth is our common ear, to carry from its uttermost extremes one slightest wish for the other. "'Ho! be it so,' answered the newly-made man. Upon leaving his friend, Manston hurried away toward the north country, whither he was bound for a long hunt. Suddenly he came upon the edge of a wide brook. His alert eye caught sight of a rawhide rope, staked to the water's brink, which led away toward a small round hut in the distance. The ground was trotted into a deep groove beneath THE LOOSELY DRAWN RAWHIDE ROPE. "'Hun he!' exclaimed Manston, bending over the freshly made footprints in the moist bank of the brook. "'A man's footprints,' he said to himself. "'A blind man lives in yonder hut. This rope is his guide by which he comes for his daily water,' surmised Manston who knew all the peculiar contrivances of the people. At once his eyes became fixed upon the solitary dwelling, and hither he followed his curiosity—a real blind man's rope. Quietly he lifted the door-flap and entered in, an old toothless grandfather, blind and shaky with age sat upon the ground. He was not deaf, however. He heard the entrance and felt the presence of some stranger. "'How, grandchild?' he mumbled, for he was old enough to be grandparent to every living thing. "'How? I cannot see you. Pray, speak your name.' "'Grandfather, I am Manston,' answered the rabbit. All the while, looking with curious eyes about the wigwam. Grandfather, what is it so tightly packed in all these buckskin bags placed against the tent poles? he asked. My grandchild, those are dried buffalo meat and venison. These are magic bags which never grow empty. I am blind and cannot go on hunt, hence, a kind maker has given me these magic bags of choicest foods. Then the old bent man pulled a rope which lay by his right hand. This leads me to the brook where I drink, and this, said he, turning to one on his left, and this takes me into the forest where I feel about for dry sticks for my fire. Grandfather, I wish I lived in such sure luxury. I would lean back against a tent-pole, and with crossed feet I would smoke sweet willow bark the rest of my days," sighed Manston. My grandchild, your eyes are your luxury. You would be unhappy without them, the old man replied. "'Grandfather, I would give you my two eyes for your place,' cried Manston. "'How? You have said it. Arise, take your eyes, and give them to me. Henceforth you are at home here in my stead.' At once Manston took out both his eyes, and the old man put them on. Rejoicing, the old grandfather started away, with his young eyes, while the blind rabbit filled his dream-pipe, leaning lazily against the tent-pole. For a short time it was a most pleasant pastime to smoke willow bark and to eat from the magic bags. Manston grew thirsty, but there was no water in the small dwelling. Taking one of the rawhide ropes, he started toward the brook to quench his thirst. He was young and unwilling to trudge slowly in the old man's footpath. He was full of glee, for it had been many long moons since he had tasted such good food. Thus he skipped confidently along, jerking the old weather-eaten rawhide spasmodically Till all of a sudden it gave way, and Manston fell headlong into the water. En, en! He grunted, kicking frantically amidstream. All along the slippery bank, he vainly tried to climb. Till at last he chanced upon the old stake and the deeply worn footpath. Exhausted and inwardly disgusted with his mishap, he crawled more cautiously on all fours to his wigwam door. Dripping with his recent plunge, he sat with chattering teeth within his unfired wigwam. The sun had set, and the night air was chilly, but there was no firewood in the dwelling. "'Hin!' murmured Manston and bravely tried the other rope. "'I go for some firewood,' he said, following the rawhide rope which led into the forest. Soon he stumbled upon thickly strewn dry willow sticks. Eagerly, with both hands, he gathered the wood into his outspread blanket. Manston was naturally an energetic fellow. When he had a large heap, he tied two ends of blanket together and lifted the bundle of wood upon his back. But alas, he had unconsciously dropped the end of the rope, and now he was lost in the wood. Hin, hin, he groaned. Then, pausing a moment, He set his fan-like ears to catch any sound of approaching footsteps. There was none. Not even a nightbird twittered to help him out of his predicament. With a bold face, he made a start at random. He fell into some tangled wood where he was held fast. Manston let go his bundle and began to lament, having given away his two eyes. "'Friend, my friend, I have need of you. The old oak-tree grandfather has gone off with my eyes, and I am lost in the woods,' he cried with his lips close to the earth. Scarcely had he spoken when the sound of voices was audible on the outer edge of the forest. Nearer and louder grew the voices. One was the clear flute tones of a young brave, and the other the tremulous squawks of an old grandfather. It was Manston's friend, with the earth ear, and the old grandfather. "'Here, Manston, take back your eyes,' said the old man. I KNEW YOU WOULD NOT BE CONTENT IN MY STEAD, BUT I WANTED YOU TO LEARN YOUR LESSON. I HAVE HAD PLEASURE SEEING WITH YOUR EYES, AND TRYING YOUR BOW AND ARROWS, BUT SINCE I AM OLD AND FEEBLE, I MUCH PREFER MY OWN tepee AND MY MAGIC BAGS. THUS THE THREE RETURNED TO THE HUT. THE OLD GRANDFATHER CREPT INTO HIS WIGWAM which is often mistaken for a mere oak tree by little Indian girls and boys. Manston with his own bright eyes fitted into his head again, went on happily to hunt in the North Country. end of section 13 recording by Robert Scott August the second 2007.